Hey everyone, it's Taz, and thank you for listening to the Petropolis podcast. I want to give you a little update as to what's been going on. So we recorded this episode about three months ago. At that time, I was also doing some consulting for a multi-location pet business in New York City, and there was less than a handful of stores in the New York area that carried small batch pet. I think pet food experts just did not do them justice. And it's also very telling how disconnected many pet store owners are from the needs of their clients and how to communicate with them. This conversation with David and Diana Vogel and my experience in the pet industry over the last 20 years all were inspirations for one of my current heart and soul projects. It is called the Indie Pet Community Advisory Group. And please, Clear your mind of all the stupid thoughts about agendas or wherever your fear-based thinking is taking you about why I'm doing this. This is truly a heart and soul project because of all of my conversations and training sessions with the indie pet owners over the last nine months. So if you are an independent pet business owner and want to know more or just want to join this indie pet community advisory group, send an email to me at taz at petropolist.com and we can chat and I'll answer all of your questions and get you signed up for the first meeting, which is coming up. And I'll tell you what there is and what there isn't. So what there isn't, there is no cost to you, but there is a time commitment. Uh, You must attend and be an active participant in five out of 15 meetings per year. And I'll be sure to engage with all the members. We're all going to be engaging with one another. Did I say there's no cost to you? Yeah. Okay. So there's no cost to you. Um, You're going to show up and learn from your peers and be proactive. Your staff and managers can and should participate. And what I'm not going to allow... No know-it-alls, because we don't know it all. That shit's not going to happen. And there's no cost to you. But you may get some savings from ideas thrown around. The maximum number of stores under your brand must equal less than 10. And the final caveat is if you've been an ass to me in the last 20 years, I may choose to reject you from being being a member. And honestly, I can only think of two people that fit this profile, but send me a note anyway if you think you're one of the two. We all evolve, right? Anyway, enjoy the episode and please pay it forward and share it. Hi, everybody. I'm here with Diana and David Vogel founders of Small Batch Pet Food. And that's all you need to know now. So (laughs) hi, 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 hi. You guys created the brand Small Batch Pet Foods, early 2000s, right? Your history is beautifully laid out on on your website. So just a quick overview, and then I want to get into raw pet foods and your your quick flying and your quick flying. Yeah, well, we we were... Diana and I were um, 
both working in the pet food world, pet food industry, whether stores, manufacturing, and all kinds of stuff. Dog walking. Yeah, everything. Pet sitting. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, we we actually um, we made a food that was verbatim Dr. Richard Picarin. Like that was the. F- Which we love because mm-hmm. that's like consider like I consider it the Bible. You know, like you have to start somewhere. Usually, as a you know, pet parent when you want to change the diet. And that's just such a, such a guide, but yeah. yes. And so ahead. we made, we, that was the food that we cut, cut our teeth on, you know, the, that the Picarin natural health for dogs and cats, great book. Um, I think it's on its umpteenth edition and um, it's still a great read. And I think it's still a great foundation for, for um, pet owners and uh, people who want to do better than just feeding like commercial kibble or commercial canned and, we were simultaneously caught up in this sort of food renaissance that was happening in the Bay Area, of slow food and- In our neighborhood, especially, we lived in the Mission District. Mm-hmm. And so we had these great sources around us of inspiration and also um, mentors. We had mentors yes. in our neighborhood, um, Sam Monagam at Byright. Um, we had wonderful restaurants. We had Tartine right around the neighborhood. Yeah, Everyone just artis- artisan- um, just food makers and and farmers and ranchers, Dave Evans from Marinson Farms, Prather Ranch, all of these very inspirational stories. And we we took what we, we, we basically took the two ideas of fresh local food and, um, and I mean- pets because, you know, pets were such a great part of our, a huge part of our everyday lives. And yeah, just the inspiration, um, like going to Chileno Valley Farms, which was in Petaluma. Yes. Petaluma. Yeah. And just wa- for us, I was 21 and he was 24, 25. Yep. And we were really young and we had never seen anything like that because we always lived in either a suburb or a city. And so walking into that farm really was like the first for me, like, this is it. This is what everyone should experience um, at some level, you know, whether it's through their food sources or through working land or experiencing this type of scenario. Yeah, and that's where we learned a lot about, we're jumping way ahead. I know. (laughs) We we learned a lot about, um, you know, humanely raised and harvested that day, the day that Dan is referencing. We, the, Mike Gale, the owner of Chileno Valley Farms, told us, you know, well, he, he said these animals only have one bad day. And that yeah. became our philosophy for the, for our, our meat sourcing, humanely raised and harvested meats. Was it was the, something that we just in our lives had never been presented with or had ever had the concept of, you know, and so it was really, it was really moving. It was really touching. It was something that we want to continue. We wanted to continue to to look further into and to apply into our lives somehow. So yeah, that was one of the, that, that became one of the, um, you know, the crate that became the criteria for small batch that day is, you know, humanely raised and harvested meat always, never any exceptions. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was the birth was of powerful. the yeah. birth of small batch though was sort of, so let me go back in time. Um, we, <laughs> I was making a food for another company. So I mm-hmm. was learning the process of manufacturing. The food was verbatim Picarin diets and uh, supposedly they had his blessing. I don't know the, the real, the ins and outs of that, but 
So you had a lot of cooked grains and cooked veggies. Yes. Yep. A lot of powdered supplements. Yes, I know it well. Yeah. And we have a cat that's still running around here that did not do well on that diet. Nothing against the diets. Um, <laughs> we also were reading like Anitra Frazier's The Natural Cat yeah. at that time. And so Blue, the kind of the small bat, the original small batch pet, he didn't do well. And so we... And we got him at eight weeks and he just wasn't doing well on that type of diet. His teeth weren't developing right. He had no uh, muscle, muscle, mass. muscle mass and just mm -hmm. looked a little weak. And it could have been some things he was, you know, predisposed to. But anyway, we... But we, a change we, in his diet really made a difference. We ended up going the complete polar opposite of those books. And we read... Um, Dr. Ian Billinghurst, give your dog yep. a bone. Mm -hmm. So then we went from, you know, the grains, you know, and carrots and broccoli and stuff with raw meat and vitamins and minerals like Picarin does. And then we went to just ground raw meat, organs and bones. And Blue had this complete, almost rebirth. I think we stood in our kitchen and we, once we learned, we were like, I think we're doing this wrong. I think we need to back it up. I need to try some test batches, you know, and see, see how he likes it and how he does. And yeah, I mean, it's one of those moments when you know better, you do better, right? Mm -hmm. You learn something and then you just not realize. That, yeah, not that it was not. Then I, I, For I, us, I, it was better. Yes, because I, I want to make sure because yeah, yeah. I really respect Richard Picarin. Yeah, oh, definitely. And uh, it just didn't work for one pet in our household. So it was the inspiration to try something different. And in that, I think we found that um, the marriage of the two worked really well. So... Yep. Small batch was born out of the, the marriage of, you know, trial and error with two different, um, two different diets. And then were... it just simply began, it just, it just started this um, scenario of us like making food for him. And then we added another pet into our lives, Tula. And my friend, my best friend was a dog walker, like a big time dog walker, not like me. I was just like a part-time dog walker. And she was like, I know so many clients of mine that like could use your help. Let me, let me help you. And so she was helping, you know, find us people. And then people in the neighborhood wanted to support us. Yeah. Pe people made small batch happen. Totally. That's really, it was, you know, yeah. It yeah. was a real community effort. When people asked me, how did this, you know, people who have been to, you know, business school or have attempted, you know, at being an entrepreneur many times and maybe failed or gave up. They always ask me, how did this happen? And I am just like, uh, we wouldn't give up. And also it was a community effort. It was San Francisco. It was that neighborhood. It was just being in the right community at the right time, yeah. because without those people around us, we would, it would never we would never even think to start a business. It was everyone saying like, you should do this more and let me help that you. Was, that was around 2004, 2005, right? Yes, yes. yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. 2005 when I started my business too. So yeah. in the pet industry. So yeah, totally. That was the era. That was, it was yeah. a wild time because there were so <laughs> many things that were happening. And I think uh, pet parents were having like a scare in the industry when they were, you know, when they found melamine and a lot it of it was right around that same time. Yeah. And so there was this, there's this awareness, right? So there was, there was a lot going on and I think everything just kind of came together like a puzzle. Yeah. And we had that, we, we really had that thing happening around us where people were, it was like, if you build it, 
they will come. They will come. Yeah. Yeah, it really yeah, was. You did. So many people say, "Well, wherever you go, we'll follow you." Or if we, you know, and even the name, because when we were trying to figure out how are we, what are we going to call this thing, and you know, Diana referring to test batches and this and she and uh, there was I remember a, saying what do you say David when you're about to make food like think about all the things that you say or think you know process about, yeah and he's like well I always say I'm gonna make a small batch of this to, and I said that's it a that's small, the name small that's batch. the name <laughs> it was always a small batch and, and of course there were people who were like that is really lame like you could do better than that and the batch was literally a bowl I we still have the bowl <laughs> It's a stainless steel stainless bowl. bowl. They were mixing by hand. Yeah, yeah, I'd put a rubber glove on. You know, I, I used the Cuisinart to grind my stuff. I was, I mean, you want to talk about archaic. Mm -hmm. um, but it it worked. I mean, that food, and we talk about it now a lot uh, fondly because in those days of the the development and the struggle and the just even struggling to pay our rent to keep the mm -hmm. idea alive. Yeah. yeah. It was, but it was also magical. Every time we got a new customer that we, because we used to deliver to your door. We didn't have mm -hmm. a storefront. We didn't have anybody who carried our food. No. We were word of mouth with dog walkers at the dog park. And for me, yeah, the magic of like uh, having a neighbor who's a graphic designer and I would sometimes walk her dog, see our food. You know, she was a customer and she, she saw our food and she saw the labels that I would print at home that I use like clip art and like computer font to, to make. And she said to me, let me help you. Like, let me really help you. And I was like, oh, I, it's okay. I don't have money. I can't pay you. Yeah. And her saying like, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out later. That's Come where the my studio, we're going to get this. And that's our logo. Yeah. Talk that's about where, community. Uh, Talk about yeah. community. Oh, the Everybody. community effort. I mean, the web, the original website, the, I mean, getting our ingredients was from our, our local grocery store that specialized in raw, uh, in organic and natural foods. Everything was, and everything amazing, was community. And what's amazing is that the community who helped build it, they're still in our lives. Like they'll lose a, a pet, unfortunately, and they'll come back a few, you know, someone came back a few years later and said like, I got another one and I'm ready to feed small batch again. And they're always in our lives. Yeah. Um, people that we stay in touch with, my best friend, um, everyone, everyone I'd say in about, community yeah, is still- Yeah, about 90% of our first delivery customers are, are still, still in our lives. And are still part of our yeah. lives. Or still in our lives is just even friends that yeah. just check in from time to time or- whether Which is beautiful yeah. because it feels like more than business. It honestly yeah. feels like family and community and friends, everyone coming together um, for one purpose. And so yeah. it's really beautiful. Everybody was very, um, uh, it was, everybody was emotionally invested in, yes. in this. And when we yeah. still visit that neighborhood, the people who have remained there will see us and go, hey, how's the dog food business? And like, they're still <laughs> interested and they still want to be. Yeah, I was there. I was there recently just for, I was actually, we're coming out with this really beautiful new product. And um, I was in Oakland to uh, help with the R&D. And the gentleman who's who makes this wonderful, we're coming out with this really beautiful, very simple organic broth that um, is probably the most viscous broth on the market. And the guy, Thomas Odermatt from Rolly Roadie, he was just a food legend in the Bay Area. So I was coming back full circle to my roots and we know all the same people. And then I just went on a little, you know, kind of memory lane through our neighborhood. I ran into so, it's so many people that 
hadn't seen me in years and they're like what's what's going on with you Dave Dave how's Diana what's going on with small batch and yeah, yeah it was really beautiful so you guys are I mean very special to me I love your product I'm I'm kind of disappointed that the east coast has not caught on with your brand I remember I brought it in when it as soon as we had a distributor of the Northeast, I couldn't wait to get your product into my store. So um, for all the retailers out there in the Northeast, if you guys don't have small batch in, you are missing out on a beautifully made product, not only raw, but freeze dried. And you also have a cooked line. Let's get into manufacturing raw food. You know, it's changed. You, you just told me how it all started. And just a few days ago, David, you sent me pictures of this beautiful free range meat coming out of a grinder when you were visiting one of your facilities. So I looked at that and I'm like, my God, you know, these guys really have, not only do they have their heart and soul in this, they really stand out in the whole industry, on the raw food industry side. So what are some of the difficulties you face as manufacturers of raw products? Yeah, I mean, we've been really fortunate. Um, we've had we've had our ups and downs. I mean, if you go back, you know, I'm going to go, I'll give a little like a little legacy stuff. Um, you know, we've made it out of our house, totally, you know, prob probably illegal and everything, delivered it to your door, you know, startup business, cottage industry thing. Um, we moved into a small facility. Yep, we moved into a small facility. We put on our ski clothes and would go. We didn't know how to do any. Yeah, we can stay warm. We did. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was freezing. Yeah. And then um, fast forward, you know, my brother, my brother, who's also our partner in the business, Michael, he he had the vision of portion size, and we I did not at all. I was such a fundamentalist. Like I was. Ours came in compostable, like ice cream pint container. And I wanted to keep it like that forever. Like they, if they wanted, they have to buy it like this. I mean, you know? we would add like a piece of herb over every container. There was like yeah, it was truly like artisan. Yes, yes. Yeah. It was like a basil leaf, like an on a or a parsley pizza, leaf. Yeah. For yeah, it was our little touch, um, which came by way of a. a a relative of mine, she had that little touch that she wanted to add to it. She thought it was cool. So, so but, but Michael wanted, Michael told us, you know, being our partner and being that he's the, the sales side of the company, because we're, we all have our, he's kind of the captain, he's kind of the captain of the ship. Because yeah. mm -hmm. we couldn't really, it's hard when you're in, in the developmental stages and the entrepreneurial stages of a business, you don't really see outside of the, all that daily grind. No, and it tends yeah. to be very emotional. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, it's your baby. It's your baby. It's, it's what you created. So you, you can't separate emotion from like reality and from what is the best course of action. And for Michael, he has a great clarity when it comes to, to business and to what people want and what the, you know, the, the distributor and the store and the consumer wants. Mm -hmm. And so he looks very clearly and he doesn't, he has emotions and he's very, you know, he's very passionate about the business, but his, he, he can separate, you know, the right, emotions. Right. He so just, he, he thinks very to him, to him, it was the, the best food that he saw on the market, you know, the food we were making yep. and he'd go into the pet stores and they'd say, you know, it's beautiful. Yeah. But, you know, it's got to be in patties or it's got to be, this is what the, the industry is dictating. And so he came back to us. And it's so hard. I remember one of my first sales calls, first and last, um, I cried. I left the store crying because they were like, oh, no, no, thank you. We're not interested. And I came with like all my 
my small batch <laughs> gifts, right? But it is, it's such an emotional thing. And we're now, we're, now we're friends with those people. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so hurt, you know, where Michael has just that drive. Yes, yeah. so he, he led us to the next stage of small batch by, by because we, we couldn't, we couldn't produce a patty and a, you know, an eight ounce patty and a one ounce slider and keep up with the demand. So we ended up partnering with a, a facility where we actually saw full scale production for the first time. Cause I had a little, a little butcher board grinder with a little 300 pound mixer and a little water pressure stuffer. And I would do all this manipulation oh, to so fill. everything everything you were doing was fine for staying small truly small. Yes. you, you can't exactly like, scale so yes. michael came in and scaled your process yes, yes he helped yes. Well, he helped us he led us to that next stage so then we're we partnered with someone in modesto that had a a, a beef ground beef facility and mm -hmm. they were looking to diversify and so that's the first time we saw a real state-of-the-art facility so we went in and then we were looking at this equipment and we were like, how are we going to keep the small and small batch in here? Because this is, in, big. this is huge. <laughs> this, this uh, mixer holds three, 4,000 pounds, not 300. You were, you were taking it literally. Yes. Yes. So we went in and we did a, we did a lot of R and D because we, that was the one thing people did always told us about our product is your product doesn't look like anybody else's. It's beautiful. You see True. particle definition, you see the different, it's, you know, we, it's not just this like pureed meat pate type, like just the mechanically yeah. separated gunk. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So how do we that. do that? So we had to learn and we, we spent a lot of time in that facility doing R and D uh, we perfected it. And then we launched our patty and our slider. And um, the, there's a lot of things that happened between there and now um, some of the things really triumphant, some things really almost detrimental to us. So um, there have been moments where we're like, this might be it. And yes. we just kind of give ourselves the talk like, okay, now what are we going to do? You know, because we've dedicated all this time to small batch. So there's, there have been moments and then something comes through and pulls us back in and here we are. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the, the, I, the passion's always there, but sometimes the rug's been pulled out yes. from under us by a, by a processor or by, a regulation or by something that's been really hard to navigate. But um, fast forward to now, giving you a little bit of that legacy stuff, we found ourselves in a very unique position because we operate out of facilities that it's kind of, a, it's a, a same in a sense, it's the same in a sense because in that facility, we were the only pet food in a human grade facility. And that was a long time ago, that wasn't happening. Human grade facilities didn't want to touch. Didn't want to touch this right. gentleman that let us in ended up just, you know, he just, he just destroyed his own business and, and almost destroyed us with it. And luckily we had found another partner um, up in Oregon um, that took us on overnight. Otherwise we would have gone out of right. business. We were young enough and new enough that we couldn't have lasted through the kind of out of stocks that we were, you know, that we were right. going to have yeah. um, as a mature company. So long story short, now we find ourselves in a similar situation. We operate out of two facilities that are human only, and we are the only exceptional make for pet food because of our ingredients and because of our mitigations. So. Which is super important. When I, when I 
convey that to customers. I think most customers think that's the norm. Like they, for every they company. don't know. It they is don't so know. I think that's the norm for every pet food company and it's and it's not. Well, because so. there's pet food facilities yeah. and there's human grade facilities and they're yeah, it's just different. Like pet food facilities only get they don't they don't have regulation on a daily basis. They have regulation on it's kind of it's I mean luck of the draw, I think, because we operated out of pet of a pet food facility for a long time. And the they're governed by the Department of Agriculture. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just show up randomly or they only show up if there's a problem. Right. They don't right. so with a human grade facility, you're we're not operating under USDA, but we're operating under a USDA facility. So we are under that same scrutiny. Mm-hmm. So everything has to be abided by and everything, everything, everything has to be um, just done as a different way. Yeah. You're up, you're, there's someone always looking over your shoulder where in the other scenario, there's only someone looking on, under your shoulder. If, if you get a, a recall a or issue. yeah. If so if there's a complaint. Think, yeah. Which I think is, it's really nice because you, you have to have all this, Temperature controls, mitigations in place, HACCP programs in place. Oh, you know, there's a lot of back end stuff that goes into it that people don't realize. But um, we found it to be a, kind of a blessing to be working out of these facilities. Right. So, yeah, your your food is definitely not your label. Certainly, is very clear how different your food is than others. Yep. It's simple. It's all food based, but very few added vitamins, and it's still complete and balanced. You guys know I do food consulting. So I almost all the time when I switch pets over to raw, I switch them over to yours. My issue has been getting access to your cat food, especially like a, um, like a Pet Supplies Plus. They have your dog food. Yeah. Getting your cat food is like pulling teeth. So I <laughs> Pet Supplies Plus, you need to order a small batch cat. So it's just really frustrating for them to come back to me on the cat side with all my cat clients saying, well, they only have, you know, this very popular brand. I'm like, oh, I don't want that. These are the things your pet's intolerant to or has issues with. I would like you to get them to order a small batch. So when you look at your label, it does stand out comparatively to other brands. And when you take your product out of the bag, two different looking, you know, uh, patties or squares or whatever you want to call them, whoever makes whatever they make, but they do look very different. Your food is not the pet industry. So what, what do you wish was different about the pet food industry? Especially since you guys are deep in it, but you're not making your food the way the rest of the industry does. It's true. You know, one of the things that I notice is like the pressure to give into certain trends. Um, and what I mean by that, like when you talk about our ingredients and how like what you see on the bag is what you get and it's super simple and it's very like, you know, matter of fact, I think we had the idea of making a food that people could customize by adding other ingredients because we know ca- People are going to do that. They're going to add an egg. They're going to. This is before building the better bowl. Like it was (laughs) before that thing. (laughs) And I struggle to add anything to the food because I'm so of that, you know, old school, you know, hardcore DIY feeder that wants to be like, I love rotating proteins and, and produce, but I, I like 
keeping it very simple. I don't like to complicate meals, you know? And I, so I struggle for me, I struggle with the, uh, you know, the pressure of maybe adding other things or adding more things uh, that are trendy to our line of food, just to kind of appease, you know, the, the crowds where I, I feel like this is the right way to feed food. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So well, I we, think, we kept it simple and yeah. clean because we knew that even if we think like that, we knew someone was going to throw an egg on it or throw a dollop of yogurt or this. This is before there was all these, you know, commercial additives that you could add. This is just what we knew that people did at home. Absolutely. They would add, I mean, back in the day, people were adding sardines and oh, adding God. yogurt and adding these yeah. things to our food. And we thought, how do we keep it as simple as possible for them? Right. So they have this, we, we think of small batch as probably, you know, one of the best foundation foods you can find. And so- they now they have the foundation and they're they're free to do what they want with it you know so and it's still um it's still balanced and it still has you know this great foundation that they can add more to and customize um based on their on their pets needs but but yeah i think for me the industry one of the challenges with the industry there's so many right <laughs> you there's so many there really are because yes. especially because on the raw side on the raw side definitely especially when it comes to the AVMA, and then the fears that they put out there about raw. You guys are making the foods. You guys are deep in it. I'm just a buyer and a user. I think for me, it's, you know, it's all, it, it really is all about education, right? So when a customer has all the right tools and they are, you know, they edu they're educated with the right information, it makes things easier. But then you see now in the industry, like tons of information, I'll get like a week's worth of like trendy um, email questions from customers that they read an article. And even though the the source of the where, where this article came from is supposed to be like, you know, this great um, source that, you know, gives the customer a lot of empowerment and a lot of the, the information is not always accurate and it's very misleading and it can cause a customer to just go crazy. Yeah. Because there's some truth to it, but it's not 100% right. And then they just confuse the customer and then that customer gets off of raw food and starts something different or, you know, questions everything that they've been doing. It's clickbait. It is, yeah. It is. I always struggle with that because, I, you know, I, I don't want to upset anyone, but, you know, if a customer is really, really confused, I tell them, connect with a nutritionist, connect with a nutritionist because they will, you know, they will look at what you have and the situation and your concerns, and they will guide you, you know, all the way versus like just reading all these articles and driving yourself crazy. And then having a two hour conversation with us <laughs> you know, that doesn't get us anywhere. So, so to me, it's, yeah, all that information that's just being thrown out, out there to a customer, it's too much. Um, and all the different trends, you know, um, if a customer buys something from a different brand, they immediately want you to, you know, start making the same thing that they like from someone else, you know? And so it's just like all these demands, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, with, I mean, those are just a couple of like very, you know, there's so many. Yeah. There's, there's some popular, there's some things out there where, you know, someone says something about an ingredient or a type of food or and it becomes gospel and that it, it's not necessarily or it's just hysteria yeah. it causes this like but yeah hysteria insane. there's a lot of hysteria 
So, but um, as far as navigating through, you know, the raw food, the raw, the truly raw food world where your, your food is not sterilized or pasteurized or anything like it's that. It's very rough. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, we've, we've experimented with process and mitigations. We've, we've done so much work. The one, th the one thing about us too is, I mean, we didn't just say, oh, we're going to start a pet food company. I mean, we worked really hard. We did the grinding and the mixing and the delivering and we did it all. We didn't, it wasn't just a, a business plan on paper and then an execution of that business plan. And it wasn't, you know, having someone else create a diet for us. Like this was truly, there's only, a, there's like, only a handful, there's only a handful out there that actually have got the blood on them <laughs> yeah yeah no there is only a handful and i and and in the, they're very respectable um the ones that are out there and some of them have gone on to go you know um this is just a business now and we're gonna you know mitigate we're gonna mitigate all liability and we're gonna do what we're gonna do to survive and um luckily we haven't been pushed into that corner completely we've been we've been forced into it on occasion um because of a facility protocol um, but we've managed to navigate through that. So, um, and I think we're happy with our mitigations and today. A, yeah. And it's such a hard concept for many people to realize that, you know, when it was just three of us, um, mm -hmm. David, my brother-in-law, Michael, and myself, um, it was easier to take a lot more risks and it was easier to be like, you know, renegades in the, in the, in the industry when you and be have, loud about it. <laughs> yeah. When you have, when you have, when people depend on you for their livelihood, mm -hmm. um, we have a really great, uh, staff. We have an amazing staff. All of our employees are wonderful. You start to think of things in a different way. You're like, it's not just us and our immediate families it's yeah. all these other families that depend on us and customers and yeah. 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 yeah and so you start to not you start to put your feelings aside and think like what is the best course of action that will benefit mm -hmm. all of us you know um without yeah and, I, and yeah it's 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 tough um as you build the business and it becomes bigger it's tougher to navigate and um, hold on to, you know, your, your, um, you know, your moral compass is what, you know, what is it? What are we, I mean, what are we, what are we going to stand by and never, well, never, mean, never, you know, never give into. And I think, I think we have those. I think Wait a second. You, you guys, the, the, you're dealing with raw meat. Yes. You're dealing with raw meats, raw bones. There are certain safety precautions you have to take based on facilities there's so many things that go into it. Yes. And it's really frustrating when you have um, two ends of the spectrum. You have the kibble manufacturers, the big kibble companies that demonize and the AVMA and yes. um, the AKC who demonize raw feeding. Mm -hmm. And then you have raw feeders who demonize, demonize everything as well as being rude and destructive about specific raw brands that they don't like yes. and processes. If, if you HPP or if you put phages in your food, immediately you're demonized for yes. the choices you're making, but they have never been in your shoes. No. So you don't understand how difficult it is to actually be in a manufacturing facility, meet the needs uh -huh. of the, you have the USDA on one side, FDA on the other, health of animals, 
the raw material safety. Those are so many factors that come into play here. So when we talk about the way you mitigate, um, it's not as simple as all these keyboard heroes on social media or no, bloggers no. make it out to be. So I definitely applaud your sustainability. Yeah, you mentioned from, from kibble to, uh, to uh, all the different mitigations in the raw food world, we all go through recalls too. It's Everyone none of it is none of it is Everyone. none of it is hundred percent. No, and, and that's go ahead. No, 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 no. <laughs> Keep going. I just that's one of the frustrating things is is the, the target is always raw food, right? But when you mm -hmm. look at like all the cases of like uh, salmonella contamination, a lot of them are and kibble foods and canned foods. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, percent um, so, is kibble. Yes, yep. and and that's when a customer, um, you know brings that up, brings up like, well, it's raw and my vet, da, da, da. Um, we have this really wonderful, um, uh, we know someone really wonderful named uh, Dr. Nancy Martin, and she wrote this great article and she, I'll have to share it with you because mm -hmm. she presented this to the vet, you know, she, she, she presented it to a board. Yeah. I, I can't remember who it was, but um, it's about raw food and it's about all the, you know, targets that raw food. The misinformation. And it's an amazing article because she plainly states it there. She goes into like when she was in um, school, um, you know, the textbooks saying, you know, the this is what pets should be eating, but then on a little, you know, and it's a kibble company. And then there's a little side note that said the biologically appropriate food for pets is raw meat and bones and organ meat, but it was small, you know, it was like not being emphasized. And so she talks about, you know, where this comes from and just a history of how raw food became such a, such a huge target. And so demonized. Yeah. yeah. And so demonized. And I mean, she's, anytime that I have an issue, I, I'll call her, I'll text, I, I have in the past or emailed her like, I have this question and like, da, da, and she'll just like, it's, yeah, she's just, she's been feeding raw and, you know, promoting advocating raw, advocating raw for, for yeah. yeah, for so long that she has all the answers and it's amazing. She has an amazing practice in Vacaville, California. It's called East Meets West. It's, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then we also, we have, yeah, a lot of our, um, and she sells, she sells um, our raw food in her, in her. She's about. Uh, That's awesome. You know, she's great. We have a lot of vets like that um, that are about, you know, preventative. You know, <laughs> they don't make their money on surgery yeah. and drugs. It's all about they. They actually sell, education. They and, sell raw and nutrition. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> a lot of our, our my vet, my personal vet too in Portland. She said to me, you know, I have a lot of customers whose pets cannot have raw food, one reason or another, we've just realized we've tried it, doesn't work, or they're too scared. And she loves raw food, but she said, um, they bring me this cooked food that they're feeding and I don't like the ingredients. Can you make something with all your your raw ingredients, but in a cooked form? And I'm like, yeah, we tried it before. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk yeah. about that. Let's talk about that. I didn't mean to no. go down that road, but we'll do no, it. No, that's the road I want to go. Are you kidding? The industry is all hot. It's on fire when it comes to cooked food. And I'm doing the quote, quote marks uh, with my fingers because it's not all created equal. So, um, your cooked food doesn't have pea protein, tapioca, starch, gums, um, potato protein. Uh, you know, it's, but it's 
a cooked food. And then when you go and look at all the popular cooked foods now in the industry, now Caesars, um, Fresh Cat, Caesars is now, you know, and I'm actually glad this stuff does exist in the Walmarts of the world because it gets the consumer thinking, but it's not, they think they're feeding a quality food. It's really the same crap. Look at your food, your cooked food, which is brilliant. I love it. And it's in the freezer. So you can just defrost it and use it as you want instead of having it sit in the refrigerator and become moldy, like some other brands. It really stands out. I love your products. You know, I love your cooked products. So let's jump in and talk about what the differences are between your cooked foods and other cooked foods out there. Forget the others. Just tell me about yeah. yours well, because so it'll be clear what the differences are. With so every time we um, so you you heard a little bit about the inspiration of the of the cooked food. It's yep. we, we call it lightly cooked. It's sous vide. So it's a very gentle cooking process Mm -hmm. um, inspired by vets that were small batch advocates. And then it was very small batch of us to do what we've done with our raw, our our freeze dried and and our cooked. We, it starts (laughs) off with my, with Michael saying, we, you know, we got to get this out. And we, you know, I think. Yeah, we, you know, we got to reinvent the wheel. And I always, I always go back to, we have a formula that's tried and true. Yeah. People love it. Pets mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. Um, why would we, why would we go away from it? Right. Why don't we just cook it and see how it comes out? So, we did. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we basically just a little tweak in ratios. Like there's a, some of the, you know, you'll, where we're, you know, 88, 10, 2 on a lot of proteins. So 88 meat, bone and organ meat, and then 10% uh, produce, 2% supplements. We, you'll see some that are, you know, uh, I, verbatim, I can't think of it, but maybe 13% produce. And then, mm-hmm. you know, just yep. adjustments, little adjustments. Little just, yeah. um, and so we, we just did it the way we've always done it. It's the way we did our freeze dry too. We just, we freeze dried our formula and it came out brilliantly. So why, why change it? People love it, right. love the raw. We'll give it, we'll give them a freeze dried version the same way. So with the cooked, we did the same exact thing. We took it and we put it in um, a water bath, a sous vide tank. And then we um, brought it out and we cooled it. We followed USDA procedures, which you have to, bring it to a certain temperature within a a certain amount of time and hold it there for the lethality step. And then you have to bring it down in temperature within a certain amount of time. It's USDA app index A and app index B. And we did it and we formed it into sliders and it was, it was perfect. We didn't really have to do anything. It's Um, got a great scent and great palatability and of course, all of our pets were guinea pigs and they all tried it first before we... <laughs> the, only thing, the only thing that I think that's, you know, we don't add um, big chunks of yes. vegetable after the fact to make it look like human food because yes. that's the big thing, the humanization. <laughs> is. And it's also not that good for a dog or a cat to have like giant pieces of vegetable yes. that creates gas and issues and... Mm-hmm. So it's all just there for humans. I mean, all those vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we just, we sous vide it and um, 
we found that it came out we we liked we liked the uh my vet gave it like a major thumbs up all she gave it to all her clients um everyone at the vet office fed it and loved it and so they gave us kind of a, a and she looked over the ingredients and you know the analysis and said you know it looks great um and of course when we started introducing it we had the not so nice comments of like, oh, now, you know, like we're not, we're not a real raw company. Yeah, you can't. Lightly cooked. So, yeah. you know, it's like, we still have a, we were talking about having that moral compass. Yeah. And we'll always have that moral compass of like who we are and what we do, but we're not fundamentalists. That's yeah, what we, <laughs> we used to be. We used to be fundamentalists. Yes, we were. We it's were easy like, to be a fundamentalist. So you walk in someone else's it's shoes. And I think yeah. for us, I think for us, it was like, we were that way when we were very young, you know, you're yeah. fundamentalist and you're like, this is your punk do. rock. You, it's your way or the highway. Or, yeah. you know, I was that type of person that would go to someone's home and if they didn't have, you know, organic eggs, I wouldn't eat. And it was just mm -hmm. so snobby and yeah. weird. Yeah. And until someone was like, that's really rude. Like, a mentor. Of, do that. Yeah. A mentor. a mentor of mine taught me that he was a hardcore vegan and we shared, uh, a kind of a we shared a mutual piece of land that um we used to farm it was a 20 fruit tree orchard and we had chickens and um grew vegetables and so we lived in this we lived in a house here and he lived in the house here and he was this quiet I mean we were polar opposites but we somehow loved each other and he was so quiet and I'm so loud and we would meet in the, the communal <laughs> garden and we would talk and um he, when he would come to our house for dinner, he would eat whatever was in front of him. Right. No and I asked him once in the backyard, and it, it, Stan was his name. And I said, Stan, how do you, you know, how do you do that? And he's like, I'm not going to be, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to impose my fundamentalist ways right. on somebody who's going to feed me a warm meal in their home. Like, that's that's rude. That's mm -hmm. you know, he told me that, and I I thought, wow, that's. That's big because at that time I was very, I had a lot of bravado about who yeah. I was and what I was. Yeah, a lot of people do. The yeah. industry as a whole, I think a lot of pet owners have a lot of bravado, and and you yes. see that the bloggers, the the pet owners who think they understand because they've been in groups, and yep. they just again they haven't walked in your shoes they don't understand what it takes and it yeah. is you know it is so damaging when you when you when you're because we are people and i always try to convey that like we all of us in the company we're all people and we all have feelings and what motivates us is when we see like the beautiful testimonials or people being super supportive or you know just a really nice email saying i have nothing to say except like thank you so much or the, are amazing. we get the handwritten letter we once, get sometimes it's amazing once you know? in a while a customer will say like I really want to send you something and I have your email I promise it's not creepy and I, I'll send my email <laughs> I mean our mail our e our address and um and we get beautiful handwritten letters with photos and it's so touching right yeah um but when we get like we post something like you know inspiring or cute or just whatever and there's just like social media chaos just like super mean uh so mean there's nothing nice about it there's no real like there's there's no real reason for this person to What's be the point? I always say yeah. what is the, where are you going with this? 
Yeah. But they don't understand that it is like super damaging to us because we're, we're actual real people that care and that are motivated by like, you know, someone being kind and friendly. Yeah. And we're not just a marketing we're company not just a marketing or just somebody company said, or business or investors that invested yeah. into a company. This is, this is our livelihood. This all is all us. we've done for. Yeah. Like, and every, every salesperson equally, like this is their lives. You know, they, they live and breathe small batch. Um, their pets eat our food. 100%, you know, so, so it's super damaging when you hear something so negative. And we've had that, you know, I don't know if it's the pandemic, and people are just home a lot and just very angry, <laughs> and joining a lot more, you know, Facebook groups. It's, Has it been more recently than the past? I mean, where, yeah, where yeah. I really had a big problem. And you know, you know, the guys from answers, you, I mean, we were all together at my place yes. for 4th of July. And um, it's yeah, yeah, and everything that happened with that and the way retail, the pet retailers treated that situation really, uh, it put me, I, I lost so much respect yes. for the retailers. The fact that they kept talking about, oh, I'm, I'm going to drop this. It's one of the higher quality foods out there. I'm going to drop this because of what's going on internally within within their families when they Why were like, your business when they were like 100 percent devo devoted to this company and like and fully invested in this company right and then and then just they tossed them you know the minute yeah. they so they i don't understand them. that and that and i think it's that well it was that bold the bullying of the of the i don't want to get it like too far into it but you know i feel like the whoever host the hostile takeover side of it but yeah. maybe yeah. the partner of one of the of, of Jacqueline or Roxanne or I don't know who it was because I don't know the whole story but I know it got really ugly and I know it got legal like pet stores got sent a cease and desist or, I've had our staff members tell us like please don't do that don't divorce don't yeah, don't, yeah we're, we're, we're not, that's, that's a thing too we're not allowed to divorce yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like no guys you, you that's the reason I'm bringing you up because you two are married and the partners in that in that business were married and oh. there are things out there that may happen there may be relationships may sever and businesses do have to adjust and go through changes. It yes. doesn't make the product a bad product. No, 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 and, no. And, no. and that's Sorry. where and I'm yeah. going with this. And, and the, who are the ones that suffer the in pets, the end? It's the yeah, pets and the and, customers and the consumer, who yeah. were depending on a product for so long for their pet's health and something that was working. And all of a sudden, you know, the store owner's not carrying it and they don't have access to it or they're being told not to feed it. And it's just, it's awful. It puts that person in like, where do I go now? And like, I'm going to change things up for what reason? You know, it's a lot. No, not long before we left Portland. We had and that, that July event, I know I'm sidetracking, but <laughs> that was one of the most inspiring times in in for me in the in the industry in the in being in business in the pet in the pet business well, i don't know if my listeners know we had a i had a fourth of july party at my place and david and diana were there roxanne and her husband from answers were there we had a lot of pet industry people um uh, some of my idols were there <laughs> honestly some of my idols lucy from honest kitchen lucy I mean, from lucy, Charlie, uh, gary yeah. from rod uh, gary god bless yeah, him rest in peace and, gary and, yeah. you know, 
why it was so inspiring to me, aside from meeting all these people that I really uh, admired and looked up to, was that it was a moment of zero animosity in the business because this is a very, very challenging business. It's very competitive. It's very competitive. And I have friends in the restaurant business and they have like a league. They have coalitions. They're all working together. And they all share like, I use this plumber. I use this company. I use this. Uh, Talk to this person. They all, oh, you need a lawyer. Here's a lawyer. And they all talk to each other and share and, and like take care of each other. And in this industry, I feel like there's a lack of that. If you if you look for something, they, you just don't have those connections, you know, unless you know someone personally. I think can connect you. I think you guys were onto something, trying but, to create yes. something like that. I don't know if. if but it in ever... that in that moment, it was it was pure bliss. It was just everyone who was you know in this industry for all the right reasons, sharing, comparing, laughing, loving. It was, it was, it was beautiful. It was such, yeah. it was one of the most, my favorite experiences being in the industry for sure. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I need more of that. And I loved, I loved, I mean, I was talking to you about it on the phone a, a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, how, you know, we kind of closed out the party. It was just a few, <laughs> a handful of us. I think it yeah. was Gary and his wife and Leslie yeah. and I and Charlie, Charlie and Lucy Charlie? and it, yep. like we and yeah, it was we were it got boiled down to I yeah. mean in a moment I remember it being like fireworks singing dancing I think I cried with someone sharing the story of uh, how I lost my dog and then talking about um pet food orders and like just it was just all of it and that's the thing about the this industry in particular is that you're always going on going 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 and there's no mm-hmm. moment for that break of like just yep. sharing and being like a community right and yeah. we're all working from wherever where we work and we all usually we all have the same problems yes, and we all have the same issues yep. and but we're all in it for the right reasons too and when you start to realize that like we all love what we do and we all we're all in it for the pets right yep. to make mm-hmm. their lives you know the best quality ever and so it's just it was a beautiful moment. Thank it was great. Yeah, was I get really excited about it. <laughs> and I mean, I got it great. It was a great time. It was a great it time. It was a great Thank time. And I, I, I even okay. got great advice that night. From, yes. Um, and, and to hear from these people who maybe, you know, like Diana said, who were awe-inspiring maybe to, to, to you coming up in the pet food world. To be there and hear them say, "Oh my gosh, I love small batch. We feed it," or you know, that was that was really inspiring. Yeah, was really cool. And then I remember talking about some of my you know, of uh, not my, our business woes. And I remember um, Charlie giving me great advice because, you know, they, everybody from wants Honest to- Honest Kitchen, you, Charlie from Honest Yeah, Kitchen. Charlie from Honest Kitchen. Everybody wants to keep you in that box yes. and they want you to die with them. And mm-hmm. if you go anywhere, if you stick a foot outside that box, you're a sellout or yep. you're a trader or, and he basically told me, can I swear? Can I swear? Oh shit, yeah. He, he told me, he said, fuck them. <laughs> you do what your heart tells you to do. And I, I, I remember that to this day. We had a lot of red wine, but um, um, I still remember that because I always was, my brother always says, because uh, you know he's like, what does Michael always say? I'm in business with Mother Teresa. I, I'm Mother Teresa to my brother. <laughs> I always want to do the right thing and do right by all the people. And I don't want to turn yeah. my back on anyone. And I don't want to, yeah, you know, I don't want to ever be, thought of as uh it's true more so than than michael michael and i bond in that moment of like trying to get him out of his head 
constantly. Mm. If we understand your heart, we get it. We need to get out of your head because we've got work to do. Like we can't, we can't afford to think, overthink things. You can't. Doing I overthink thing. everything. I mean, there's, there's so many products we've shelved and because I just don't want to, you know, oh, our friends do something like that. I don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to, no, you it's know. it's not our, about that. I mean, there's plenty to go around. That's the thing yeah. though. There are, that's where I get, that's why that night was so special having some of the top industry quality brands come together, yes. brand really makers fun. come together in my home on 4th of July with my newly adopted cat who is really cute then. Um, I don't know if you remember. We were just reminiscing about it with our daughter Ramona because yes. we told her we had to do this and we mm -hmm. said, oh, hey, we have to do this thing. I said, do you remember Taz? Do you remember 4th of July? And she says, oh, yes. And she started remembering little things that from that night. And we remembered your mom because she yeah. was there. She was yep. so special. Yeah, she yep. was a very sweet lady. And yeah, no, it was just a very memorable night. And I think what what we took from that, it was everyone that was there was there for a reason. And it was so, it, it was community at that point, community that we didn't know we had, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Everyone has the same challenges, the same issues, the same um, things, the same things that they're overthinking. Yes. Um, and you, yeah, you were doing what our, what my, our food mentor taught us, which, and he coined the phrase, uh, creating community through food. You have to. And that was that was human food, but it's the same thing. It's it applies to this as well. So it's a shame that we don't have that. We really don't. There's so no, many it's hard, and, and I think us. because you feel less alone in those moments where most of the time, you know, us, you know, where where we we used to deliver, we used to know every single customer, we used to hand deliver. You know, um, I used to ride my bike and drop food off to someone's house. And I knew everyone. And even, and then with stores, we would deliver to all of our stores and we knew everyone. But now, you know, when things have shifted, especially now with the pandemic, you're sitting behind a computer or a phone and it's very isolating and it's very depressing at times. And so having community where you can share, you know, struggles and just talk about, you know, pet food or what you're doing um, is really important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. We went, off of the, we went off a of crazy, no, no, was, we were supposed <laughs> to be talking about lightly cooked. Oh yeah, we got it. We got it down. You're lightly okay. cooked rocks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, the lightly totally cooked rocks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with, with all the foods out there, especially the direct-to-consumer brands. Um, and again, a lot of those contain tons of carbohydrates. And I, I just, I have a such a them, hard time. No, well, they're geared, you see them. I mean, I, we have customers call us and say, why doesn't your food look like, you know, so-and-so's that I get in the mail and not, you know, or I yeah, see on the commercial. You have to put a quarter pound of potatoes in it for it to look Yeah, like exactly. And I, yeah, it's, you know, we have, we may look all cute and pretty, but we are hardcore, you know, at our, at our core, we are really hardcore raw. When we do cooked, we do it as, as, minimal minimal as we can so to, we're not trying to humanize this because animals although you know our pets although we love them our fur babies pet parents all that stuff their digestive tract and all that it's not changed they need real real nutrition they don't need us to humanize it for them um a lot of times that's detrimental to them 
And so we keep it very simple and we keep it. And I mean, truly our North Star is always our ingredients. You yes. start off with the best ingredients that we consider the best and, and then keep the process really simple. And I went, you know, when people have suggested like, why don't you add this or why don't you add that? I'm like, yeah, I guess we can, but this works and you can just buy that supplement or that extra ingredient that you want mm -hmm. to add and put it in your food. Yeah, if you it may want... not be great for everyone else. This is what works for most pets. So yeah, and that is true. If, if we do have a North star, it's always, Our it's ingredients. ingredients. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good do. point. We're, we're an ingredient driven company. We're an ingredient driven company. And I mean, it is, I mean, it goes back to like how we were, we, we started feeding ourselves a certain quality yes. of food mm -hmm. and we didn't want it to stop there. We wanted to continue with our pets, yep. you know, and that's kind of the same thing that we've been doing for the last 17 years. It all goes back to that same guy too, Sam, the creating community through food guy. So this is a little we, we started to, um, let me just say, yeah, this go is ahead. a little grocery store in San Francisco. A magical place, probably the most magical food place in the country. Anyone I mean, that visits San Francisco has to go to Buy Right. Buy Right Market, not to be confused with like Buy Right food distributors, no, no, Buy, right, buy market. right Market. There's a book even about it. I mean, it is- You the guys, the, the way you think about food, it, oh my, it feeds my soul. It's, and, and that was the thing, like learning those things, because I mean, I came from a suburb of LA where like you'd go to Ralph's and pick up, you know, whatever conventional produce, bring it home and just whatever. And, and, when, and we, that, yeah. when we moved into this neighborhood and Buy Right became our market, I remember Sam saying, hey, do you want to try this? tangerine mm -hmm. it came from this local place grown by these people here have a taste have a look and he like you, changed yeah. the way i saw things. Or you should or, yeah try or, hey, a um, grass-fed beet uh, steak from marinson farms and or, they would they would you know cook food and have people try it and and it was it was the education of like relearning how, how to, to connect with the, your food sources how to us. eat as low as local as possible yes. and 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 seasonally as possible and so when he so. started small batch sam we would write him a check a personal check and he would buy a lot of our produce for and us our meat. and our and meat. our pack and I was like you know, <laughs> so, around the neighborhood doing a dog walk and Sam would see me and say, hey, Diana, tell your husband to come pick up his yams, you know, yeah. his box of yams. They yep. just arrived. And so that was like, it's hysterical now to think, you know, and then I would come by and give him a yeah, job. But we learned, we learned a really, it was heavy what we learned because I remember we, 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 we got to San Francisco. And we were young too, without a, a lot, know. not a lot of money either. And, yes, and, and so we sometimes eating of, clean is expensive. We would make eating, a lot of sacrifices. It is. So yeah. we, I remember we, we, we got there and we start, we got, you know, the romanticism of by right and the food around us was, was, um, overwhelming and we got into it and then we realized yeah we can't sustain this this is tough like san francisco rent eating mm -hmm. this wonderful local food so we each and had so like then, five, we went back, six jobs. then we went back to safeway and we got a little you know there was a little depression yeah. and then we realized hey we can eat less food but higher quality, but higher quality. so we don't need to each have a steak we don't need to each have. So it became so the less, less we is can, more. Less is more. You know? We can share in this quality of, instead of being gluttonous. And, yeah, and, it, and yeah. it became a lesson of like uh, prioritizing the things in our lives. I'd rather have a little of something that's mm -hmm. 
immaculate Amazing. and a lot of something that's terrible. And we made food, we made food our main priority. And I mean, at the time we didn't have healthcare. And so for me, we had and, nothing. and this is, <laughs> no, but we didn't have healthcare. And this is really important because this is where I, when we needed supplements, this was where I found my supplements. There's a place called Scarlet Sage. It's a community like herbal store mm -hmm. in the neighborhood. And I, you know, if I had an issue, I would go there to ask for tinctures and herbs and teas to, to help with whatever was going on with me. And, and then when we needed something, I was like, I know, because I'm going to call this company, uh, Eclectic Institute, yes, you know, exactly. I think their supplements. I'm going to call them and see if we can buy wholesale from them. And so that, I mean, that was an integral part of like our business too. It was like finding not just the, the food sources, but the other parts, like our supplements mm -hmm. came from there as well. They came and from it was, things we actually used we in, our in our household. Um, and we were a lot we, of the purveyors came from you know and it was me you know my first time learning about herbs and how to use them to take care of my own health and it just was like to me it was a no-brainer I was like oh I have to do the same with my pets yeah I, mean, <laughs> you know what I, mean? I have to I have to apply what I'm doing to myself to my pets and saw like an amazing difference you know versus treating you know my cat with the way I was treating him before you know flea flea prevention or what have you um it was a big eye opener, but again, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have happened anywhere else. I don't no, know. no. It was I, that neighborhood. If we had so many inspiring people and, and businesses around us and they were, they were all in, they were all in on small batch with, you know, once, once they knew we were going to try to do this, they were so supportive. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, to this day, I don't, we always wonder, would it have happened anywhere else? You know, would it have well, happened? It was all meant to be, David. It was all meant to be. That's why. You know, we had one, we had one cust one friend who also, you know, was kind of a customer to us or very much a customer who said, she she would just see me, you know, with three struggling, three, four, <laughs> five different odd jobs and David as well, plus small batch and coming in, you know, sweaty uh, to her store. And she said to me once, when are you guys going to stop? Don't you think it's enough? Like you guys, because this is obviously not working. This yeah. is obviously not working. This when is... are you guys stopping? Yeah. And I remember Wait, thinking, what did oh. you say to that? Yeah, I, f I remember feeling so defeated and not having really anything to say. And I thought about it and thought about it. And I thought, I can't stop, especially when someone told me to stop. I cannot stop. You know, this is something that I have to just keep going because this feels so like, you know, my spirit just crushed. And did it, you it ever want to stop, Diana? I mean, did you ever? It, it just doesn't no, seem like it yeah, no, it, no never. it never did. Even when someone told me to stop, I remember thinking I can't. Um, actually, I have to go do a delivery right now. Like I cannot <laughs> yeah. stop, you know? It was that drive of, for me, I think for me, it was personally um, a real like drive to follow through with the people that depended on us. Yes. For me, it was never, I never thought about going back to LA and going back to school and uh, being a 20, very young 20 something year old again. It, for me, it was like, I have customers that now depend this yeah. on this food for their pets and I have to see it through and, and they love us and they support us. And this is good. This is a good thing. And we're, we have to keep going. We can't stop. Yeah. It was insane. Cause we would, uh, uh, Diana, Diana works. I mean, I don't know how many jobs and I did. We too. hardly saw each other. It was just in passing. Yes. Like, Hi, I got to go. Yeah. You know, Hi, bye. Next it, job. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, I worked for Sam for a while. He, mm -hmm. he, he was gracious enough to give me a job. Um, so that helped pay the bills. I would then do that, 
we would go to Santa Clara and make our food um, and then go cater in at night parties and, you know, uh, like so we Palo Alto and, you know, Silicon Valley. So I know this sounds, oh my gosh. this sounds outrageous. And when I tell people, most people think it's, it's like insane, but this is very true. We were not used to celebrating holidays because we would always spend them. That was a day to get ahead. Yep. To make food because mm -hmm. we had that, we had all that time off yeah. and we just, until Ramona was born, we started celebrating holidays. So oh, it was, yeah. She's, She's eight. eight. Oh my God. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah. we were, we were just always stuck. And we would use our lives. We, so. Yeah, we would take advantage. I mean, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's, we would take advantage of the holiday because nobody else was working and we could get ahead. So you can get work done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we I would just it. make as much food as we could and get it in the freezer. So we had a little bit of inventory. Um, I mean, it was true. It was birthdays, holidays. We were always, but we had great friends too. Like they'd know we would be down in Santa Clara and they'd say, Hey, we're having a party. Come up when you're done, you know? So was we would it, get a, we get a like meal. Work, though? Like I mean, that. it wasn't like work, was it? Because you, it sounds like you would just loved it. You were in it. You were in a community. Yes. It was, it was it's a life of service. And, and some of the, a, a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the visuals of it were really beautiful. It's a shame it wasn't in, you know, when we started Small Batch, it wasn't in the time of uh, camera media. phones and, no, you know, I like, had a, that's a good had a flip, she had a flip phone, I had, I had no phone. phone. So a lot of the things that happened are not even archived. It's no, so sad. No, I mean, I so. have a few photos that I took with like a, a disposable camera, but no. Um, yeah, I think, and you know, when people ask me like, what do you do for fun? What do you do for free time? And I, it makes me think like, I need, I need an outlet, right? We all need an outlet. <laughs> but I, to be honest with you for a long time, this was what fueled me. This and was it our still outlet. does. I mean, he sometimes has to tell me like, you cannot talk about small batch right now. Like it's too late. It's, we got to go to bed. It's, it's done. But I'll say like, guess what someone said to me? And it was so sweet. <laughs> or let me share this thing that just came through. And he's like, no, not right now. But that's what fuels me. You know, it's exciting to me to see, you know, the, the progress that we've made this much. Yes. Yeah. Want to ask you one more question. Okay. So, um, Royal Canaan, Mars, has bought Num Num Now. You were talking about your cooked food line before. Yep. And Num Num Now being a cooked line, direct-to-consumer. Um, and we have this kibble company who is getting into the natural cooked food line. And now they're marketing it. I know, David, you're, you're, you're like, I can't wait to say something. Um, now they're, they're also putting it out there that a... It's veterinary formulated cooked food. Yep. And obviously it's going to be marketed to the consumers who were abandoning the Royal Canaan kibble line and canned food line because they were veering towards the more natural cooked brands. Yep. Wanted to get both your opinions on this million dollar acquisition. <laughs> your, your head exploded, Diana, right? <laughs> yeah, you know... I, it, to me, I, I mean, we, I remember when we came out with our, cause our, our cooked has had a couple start, stop, start again, stop. We one of them was because we, you know, in, um, I'd say last quarter of 2019, we literally lost our processor where we, we became, 
which is probably a terrible analogy, but we were pet food, you know, manufacturer refugees. We had nowhere to make our food. And we were, we, that was another point where we thought we were going to go out of business. We thought it was over. We had no, we had nowhere to make our food. And um, so the one thing we killed immediately was the lightly cooked because it was something, it was a very new product. Mm -hmm. We were kind of the only other player besides um, my perfect pet, Mm -hmm. which is very potato based. And so we Mm -hmm. were, it, it was very apples and oranges. So mm-hmm. we, I feel like we were pioneers in that sous vide cooked world, vide. but then we had to shut it down. Mm-hmm. We had to shut a lot of things down just to keep our domestic core raw and freeze dried alive. And, and let's face it. I mean, it's something that's new to us. We, if we are core and our heart is in raw food. And so lightly cooked is a new product for us. And there will be like ups and downs in like figuring out the process and perfecting a form or perfecting a recipe. The ingredients are the same, you know, and the ingredients are amazing, but there's like a learning curve with a new product. But I I would have never had, I didn't have a crystal ball that knew this was gonna explode. And I mean, I I, I did not see this coming. I mean, I saw the writing on the wall with Fresh Pet a little bit. I saw that was very you commercial. See you see it in Target, you see it in Walmart, yeah. you see it in you know grocery mm-hmm. stores because they have the infrastructure for, sure. for refrigeration. Um, that food has a lot of ingredients. I'm not. I've okay. had I've had people um, like childhood friends or family friends that have sent me photos saying like, "Is this you guys? Are you guys making this now?" Fresh pet like no. this. It was yeah, hilarious, and I'm like, "No, not at all." They're like, "Oh, it just felt like something when they when it was new to them. Yeah, it just yeah, felt yeah. like maybe it was kind of like small batch in a way." And I'm like, "I know. I think that's the point, you know, to make people seem like it's different from kibble and." canned food it's like it's fresh you know it's yeah. different well, that, that's the assumption but it's that's really, the assumption yeah it, there's it's a lot of ingredients highly in there. processed it's highly processed oh highly processed and it's not that really fresh it, and that really fresh that was just bad english um it's not really i guess it is fresh because it's refrigerated it's yes but, that's the that's where i think the consumer gets tricked but i mean that food has a you know i don't know what their shelf life is and that you know they get like maybe 45 or 90 days through some sort of pasteurization process. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I, you know, if you look at the ingredient profile, it looks, it probably reads a lot like a kibble um, minus maybe yeah. meals, but it's, you know, probably where you see chicken and it's not chicken meal. It's probably chicken mechanically separated chicken, which oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. is essentially the same in a, in a, in a sense, because it's, the reason we, and I, we didn't cover this earlier, but the reason we choose not to use mechanically separated meat is because it is, first of all, we think the, the, the part of the chicken or the turkey or whatever we're gonna use is more nutritious in its entirety. I don't need somebody separating the bone from the meat. Um, it also has a huge pa- uh, pathogen load. And that's why most companies at HPP use mechanically separated meat. The heat from the machine is because it's cheap, yeah. and it's you can get all the bells and whistles. You can call it organic. You can call it GAP. You can call it all these things, but it's not good quality. It's 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 yeah, it's just not good quality. It's full of pathogens, so you've got to 
pasteurize it, yeah, HPP it, or sterilize it in some way. So, mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of these, uh, you it's know, further processed meat. I mean, it really yeah. is. It, yeah. it really is. And so you have to uh, fix, you know, that scenario with other things so and that you don't have an issue. And that leads back to why we're working out of, you know, and it changes the color and it changes the texture of a food as well. Like it just, mm -hmm. it's, it, because it's further processed. Yeah. And it, I mean, even in our cooked food, we, we choose not to use it. I mean, we could, cause we do a lethality step, but we, we yeah, choose not to use it. Um, I think, I think it's, you know, you alluded to in the beginning of the conversation, uh, you know, there's all these very commercial brands, like even, I think you mentioned Caesars, which mm -hmm. is something like my mom would feed her cats, <laughs> you know, um, you know, back in the day when I was a kid, um, Caesars is <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> Yeah, or like something you know, you know what I'm talking about. I do. But they're all doing, I think, you know, I think you had said at least it is making people more aware yeah. that there's alternatives yeah. and maybe it'll lead them to our alternative Absolutely. and our alternatives better than the alternatives that they have currently and, in front you know, of them. And I mean, we see this all the time, especially in the customer service end where more and more customers, we have a lot of new customers that have never touched raw or lightly cooked in their lives. They're, they were used to Purina, they were used to Iams, um, and we have a lot of people converting their pets to, to healthier options daily. And so there's struggles in that too, because they don't understand or they don't know how to transition or um, they haven't been informed yeah. by the store owner because a lot of yeah. store owners unfortunately not all of them we work with really great store owners um and, and our salespeople take a lot of time to like educate if they, they're not already educated on raw or on our product um so most people do a really great job but some store owners unfortunately like you know just have it there and not really tell it's for customer. sale yeah, not yeah. Really, they expect the, the the product to sell itself and, and don't give any background or context on that is the majority people. unfortunately yeah right? and so yeah. a customer unfortunately will take it without knowing and their dog is on like a super commercial super processed food and they'll they won't transition they don't know what's going on and they have a horrible reaction hi Hi, cat butt. <laughs> the cat walking around in front of the yeah. screen. Guys. They have a very, yeah, they have a terrible, They'll have you know, a terrible exposure to a new type of food. Right. Yeah. And it just becomes so damaging because to, to them and to us and to that, what could have potentially been a, like a great fit or great relationship um, because there was no, no information provided mm -hmm. to them. And so that's really unfortunate. And so we try as much as we can, like the training videos, orientations, um, you know, at lots of education, store training, lots yeah. of store training, because yeah. it really depends on the store and the employees have the power to like assist people and connect them with the right foods you know mm -hmm. they really do. Yep. They do there's so yep. much that can be done there and it's and it's I worked in retail pet retail and I just some of my best friends came from from you know working in a pet store but but yes when you know and and you talk and you connect that customer comes back because they want you gave them the right information versus selling them a you know super expensive because to them it's a super expensive product having mm -hmm. a horrible experience that customer never comes back they go back to whatever they were feeding um and it just destroys that possibility of like a great thing for their pet and a great thing for us you know um so yeah i think for me that we were talking about challenges in the industry that sometimes is a, a huge challenge is 
is that lack of information and education in the storefronts. And as we're, you know, you know, connecting with more, uh, more stores and being in more stores, uh, to me, that's, it keeps me up at night thinking yeah. like, oh my God, you know, it's like food and not eat it right. Well, and that's always the, that's the dilemma. And we're going through that right now as we, you know, going into PSP, that's a big, that's a yep. big deal for small batch. That's a huge chain. Um, it can have impact on our, you know, you know, more, let's call them more, you know, independent pet, um, you know, even though PSP's claims to be independent, but, yeah. and I'm not saying anything bad about PSP, but it's a big uh, undertaking for us mm -hmm. to make sure they're doing what small batch prides itself in educating the consumer yes. that's going to purchase that food. And so we've been very methodical. We launched just freeze dried with them at first. Mm -hmm. And then now we're doing like, and then we did lightly cooked. Now we're going to do some frozen and we're trying to not just go into all 500 stores, yeah. pick the stores that are going to actually be educating and selling the food, not just have the food for sale. Absolutely. And this has nothing, you know, not, nothing to do with, um, we're also going into a couple other, you know, larger chains for like Mud Bay on Mud the Bay. Northwest, mm -hmm. Pet, Food X, uh, Pet Food Express. And it's always about, you know, we like to, we like to, we don't like to run down. We like to walk down mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, and have, you know, have our cake and eat it too. We don't want to run down and just have the leftovers. We want to just make sure we're getting, and you our know. sales staff is amazing. I mean, I, I know they do like amazing training sessions and amazing orientation. And they have so much pride in the brand. And they really do. And and I when I read like their, you know, what, what they teach um, stores, uh, employees and store owners, I'm just like, yes, you know, like you're, you nailed it. That's exactly the information that these people need to know. And I mean, most, I, we have amazing store owners who like, when we've had issues, they're like, I've got you totally yep. fine. I get it. It's fine. Or, yeah, when we... We're here for you or like, it's okay. We'll feed all of this to our pets because we know it's fine, but it's this customer. Like they understand the concept and those are really beautiful partners. And unfortunately, you know, you can't always have that, but, um, and that's one of the scary things about like not being able to control that situation because they're not all going to be like that. <laughs> yeah, you have to give up the need to control to be able to get controlled back. So. No, and it's very attractive for us. I mean, it's, well, it's not attractive. It's, um, I mean, to think, you know, oh my gosh, we're going to be in 500 more stores. That's 500 more stores that people are going to have access to our food and their pets. Yeah, that part is really amazing, if, especially if you take into consideration all this legacy stuff we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. And it's just, we want them to get it right. You know, they have to, you know, our goal is to make sure they get it right with yeah. us because we, it's been a labor of love. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a bad experience for a customer for because anyone, they didn't yeah. get the, the education that they're supposed to get. So and sometimes you we're going to try to change the paradigm on how some of these big chains operate by being in front of them all the time. Good. So, so yeah. that's the goal. And my brother has been very, he's, he's pioneering this. Um, he wants to make sure that these, these chains are a success and not just, uh, you know, oh, we have these many doors, you know, it's oh, not no. just a, a shiny not object. No, yeah, no, it's so. not about that. What, once they have the customer base, the people that want your products, they're going to see 
the value in continuing on that path with brands like yours yeah. um, because it's not you know it's it's not just one brand there's a as you know when I mean, we came all together yeah. It, yeah. we need options and Absolutely. quality options and coming together is really important and going back to my question which you guys completely ignored but I'm going to ask totally. you again. yeah ask again <laughs> I'm going to ask you again because I really want to. I think it's we're just really excited and comfortable because we know you and because we've had, you know, nice experiences with you. We've had good experiences. Oh, we're not, and we're not very professionalized. No. <laughs> so. I'm not either. But this I, we are not. Yeah. No, come on. And you can say the F word anytime you want. No big deal. But um, yeah, the kibble company is taking over the cooked products is where I'm, where I really want to kind of come at this because you guys stand out on your own because of the way you source your quality, your core values as a whole. We just got that whole view, right? But yep. then you have a Royal Canaan jumping in, a big kibble company who was, who demonizes raw food and until recently didn't look at a home cooked food as being um, the right diet or healthy for animals they're only going this route because one they get the data from this company num num then two they are their customers are demanding something different their customers well, I, are demanding the, well i think they've seen the trend and the opportunity for sure it, well, is it really seen. just the trend i mean i don't think it's a trend i think i don't think it's I a trend know, it's but i think changing. it's changing i think they saw if you looked at um the the category, you know, by category growth, mm -hmm. you know, at the close of 2021, yeah. kibble was the bottom of the barrel. Yes, it you know, was. It was all of these alternative, you know, freeze dried, raw, lightly cooked. And I think these were the ones who, they're, those are the sectors that exploded where kibble and canned were kind of stagnant. They had small growth, you know, maybe single percentile points. And I think for them, this is their way to that world and it's also cooked so it yeah. makes them feel safe so i think that's what i mean um, by the trend because i noticed that a lot of people who were used to um kibble or can feel safer with the lightly cooked options mm -hmm. or any kind of not lightly cooked but cooked in general and so it, it just is more appealing to them to start there than to start you know with raw food the raw only food thing scary the only them. thing i warn the consumer of is you it will be they will they will kibbleize that food. Thank the you. The kibbleization of of that really. I don't know anything about num num. Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> you'd be you'd be so surprised at what I don't know. I I have tunnel vision. I'm just yes. small batch. I don't I don't look the other way. This is why I'm asking you because I like your tunnel vision. I know that's how you are, but Diana knows what's going on. Yeah. She knows I, that. <laughs> I don't. I keep. I. 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 I try to stay on that track because it's a lot easier. But yes. Um, you. I. You. I mean, if you have a company that is. Um, I mean, they. I mean, they are. It's hard to articulate, but they're all about bottom lines. I mean, at the end of the day, it's there are huge corporations that they. They have a board, and they have. They have to mm -hmm. make, they have to make a profit and they have to, you know, uh, perform a certain way. And the first thing that goes is the ingredients. I don't know how good the ingredients are with these companies that they're acquiring started out. Um, and they'll, they'll either, if they started out bad, they're going to remain bad. 
if they started out good, they're probably going to go back. I mean, that's that's as simple as it is. I like because that you they, said they're going to kibbleize it because that's how I. That's the way I. Gonna, see yeah, I mean, if you fears. know, if you know, like in my world, I know I can get, um, like for instance, if we're talking about chicken, if I know I can get a whole, you know, large, you know, large piece breast meat, whole breast from Pittman Farms, Mary's Organic Chicken, mm -hmm. for a dollar fifty a pound, and if if a, if a, if a, someone knows that they can get something they can call, you know, no antibiotic ever, you know, ABF, all this stuff or ABF standing, you know, no antibiotic ever is NAE, which is kind of a bell and whistle in the industry right now. ABF is antibiotic free, organic, all these things, but they can get the mechanically separated version of it for mm -hmm. 40 cents. Mm -hmm. They're going to go. get, they're going to do that. And it's going to change the texture of the food. It's going to change the nutrition of the food. It's going to change the pathogen load of the food. Um, mechanically separated meat is just, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's fatty. It's, it's just not, it's, yeah, it, you goes, know, it opens the them up for, a, a, to, to me, them, um, acquiring not, or, you know, buying num num is kind of, I called of, it num num. Sorry. Kind of, I mean, I don't have the data, but by just looking at the company, it feels like, and a lot of these like, you know, or, you know, male direct type, you know, companies have the same feel. They're, you know, attracting a certain clientele mm -hmm. and they're younger clients. You know, you see like, it's very pretty website, very pretty packaging, very they're, clean. And they a feel lot like of, marketing companies. Yeah, they feel like marketing companies. So there's like, and, and they'll throw around like scientific this or like, you know, a lot of mm -hmm. veterinary, you know, veterinary approved. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, and, and it just, and it make, gives people that peace of mind with like, and they completely distract from like what's actually in the food. So I always tell customers really look closely, look closely at the ingredient panel, send an email, ask questions. And then at the end of the day, you kind of have to trust your gut instinct and you, you know, Mm, Diana, most people don't have a gut instinct about food. Well, it's, I mean, so many bad guts, and everyone talks yeah. about. Oh, that is true. No, that is true. Yeah. But I mean, I always ask questions if I truly feel like something's off, or I don't really, mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, yeah. this, this doesn't feel right. I'll ask questions. It's kind of it, just falling into that same process again. Immediately, they introduce the veterinary, you know, formulated by veterinary. Yeah, so it's like like almost every food is. So what? If it's AFCO, if it meets AFCO standards, then it's got to have certain standards. So what, I mean, what are we really talking about? What here? are we really talking about? I mean, when my vet, my vet, Dr. Davies, uh, back in Portland, when I spoke to her, we were, we were talking about food and she wanted to ask me questions always about like food. A lot of them don't get it. Feed. They don't get a lot of education on that. She was a You're holistic right. vet. Yeah. Yeah, she was a holistic vet. And she says to me, you know, I'm kind of new to this because this wasn't part of my training at school. This is not part of my education. I had to take extra courses to learn about nutrition. I've had to take extra education. I've had to further my education in order to learn more yep. and to be able to assist with raw food feeding. So this is, I'm very intrigued. I want to ask you all the questions because I feel like we could work together, you know? So that that is something that, and I was always kind of uncomfortable with that situation where I'm like, you're highly educated yeah. <laughs> like what is going on here but she would tell me Diana you have the experience you mm -hmm. have the experience you have worked closely with pets 
you have worked closely with food and and tried recipes so like give yourself some credit here because i was always really uncomfortable and you get the you as both of you as company owners as, as creators of this food as the makers you guys get the feedback you get it right you get it from the consumer that's where that impact is it's, it's impactful yeah. yeah, I mean, I found I found in we have so many vets that advocate small batch and advocate the raw, mm -hmm. you know, first and foremost, freeze dried second and lightly cooked last as if, if it's the dog or cat has some, you know, compromised issue that raw may not be true raw on, mm -hmm. you know, unpasteurized may not be the best bet. Um, so the cooked is the option. Um, but most reputable vets I know will not formulate or approve a food. No. So that that in itself is. Yes. The, is, and if you look at the industry, I mean. They don't want to be, they, they don't want to put themselves in that position. They, they have a whole, they, it's like, they, they'll tell you, you do food. Yeah. I do what I do. I want to sell your food because I think it's great. There are companies out there that help formulate. There are mm -hmm. companies out there that for a cost, they can have, you can have a vet on staff and this is very costly, but it helps with like- It helps with the mass consumer. Helps with the mass consumer, but is it necessary in the world that we are moving towards where everyone has, where everything is just, it, it's very confusing, perhaps, you know, where, you know, that customer needs that, you know, recommendation. Yeah, but it feels, it doesn't feel real. You know what I mean? When you start to look at it. Well, our, our doctors formulating foods for us. Our doctors actually physically making lasagna for us. That's, that's yeah. lasagna that's being frozen. And is yeah. it so? No, but I mean, we've had people say like, hey, for this amount of money, you, we can uh, promote your food and we can talk about it in blogs and we can mm -hmm. talk about it in this and um so-and-so vet can talk about it for for this price and it's like tiered pricing that starts at like a certain amount well, yeah. for a small company we're like no or and getting, also or no getting you know what I mean no and no like it just feels it feels kind of dirty you know like when it's when they it's put a price so there's some people out there too it's and so important I, that you say this well no it is and that's another thing that's been uh tough for me to accept because there's there are some organizations out there that if you want their stamp of approval, you have to pay mm -hmm. to play. It's not about your food quality. It's about yep. paying to play. I have to say, and there's there's like she said, there's tiered. Pricing. You can be the the and you know the bronze level, yeah. silver or gold I mean, level. They you know? are like celebrities in the world that people like. And, it, and what they say is know? gospel, and yeah, it, it's absolutely. frustrating. And it is frustrating for people like us who are like, well, you've never called us and you've never been interested in us, but. For a price, you might be like, this is very, it's, it just feels. And we've done this for, we've bad. done this for going on 20 years. Our food mm -hmm. is tried and true, multi-generational dogs and cats in, in households that we know to this day that, you know, feed our food and keep feeding it. And, you know, to hear like, is your, is your food uh, formulated by a board certified veterinarian and it's, no, it, it wasn't. Yeah, we 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 did this after the fact. We checked, you know, with a uh, PhD nutritionist 
mm-hmm. to make sure everything was in line, but it was right. after the fact because we, we, we get, oddly enough, when we formulated our food and then we sent it to a lab, it was so damn close on its own by it using so whole good. food. Yeah, it just it was so, so I mean, talk about that like was one of the big high fives. That was one of that. the triumphant moments, yeah. you know, to think, wow, we, we did it without, without, you know, just yeah, with using helps. whole foods, using organic foods where, where we could, um, using whole foods in their entirety instead of a, a you know, further processed byproduct version of that food. Um, and that makes us feel really good because we're always, we're we always doubting ourselves. You know, we, mm-hmm. we doubt ourselves with parenting. Someone said when, when a parent doubts themselves, that means you're a good parent. Yeah. Like, you, you know, so we're always, we like, always had insecurity because we didn't have validation from these professional, you know, um, or well, yeah. so when we find out that, you know, yes. what we're, when when we find out that we're on you're on the right the right track that we've been doing mm-hmm. the right thing, um, we high five each other and we're always like yes we, we did it. And Michael is always like well I always knew that Michael you always knew <laughs> <laughs> I always do I should have had Michael here today. today. He's like you would have just been in the background. You guys would doubt each other. Yeah, yeah. I, I love I love how uncomplicated and pure and true your products are. So. I am. Thank you. Thank you. And I think that's one of the things we set out to be is authentic and, you know, uh, common sense, you know, very just simple. simple. Um, we don't use, we don't so use, many. I mean, going even into like, we will, we refuse to use stock photography. We, you, we refuse to do, everything has to be real. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we've um, done some photo shoots lately and all the pets in the photo shoot are small batch customers. It, and that's always like, it's mandatory. We can't just have like some random person just, you know. Or like if you see a, if you see a photo on our website of, 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 of meat or produce, it's ours. it is our meat and produce. It's not, it's not some a photographer. Oh, we use parsley and we use kale and we use a whole rabbit and we use this. And they go get it and we we put it all together for them and they shoot it. Yeah. Um, Diana did this really cute commercial for our freeze dryer. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, yeah. And it was done in our home. Maple Leaf sent us, sent me a duck, a whole duck that the exact whole duck we use in our product. Um, and then we we put all the ingredients together and we 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 shot it and and then we used the ingredients and made a meal yeah. for ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> I roasted that duck. <laughs> so <laughs> Um, you guys are yeah, we, I, I love you that's guys. one of the main that's another north star is authenticity it has if it's not it authentic we don't want to do it and i mean when you look at that's another whole world but like when you look at social media you have all these social media accounts that look a certain way they're very curated and, yes yeah, every, and there's pressure there's oh there's tremendous pressure you know to get more followers or to get more engagement or to get more customers to like be interested and we've so far, I mean, it's just me posting and it's just like real content, customers that send us. We images. get so much un, unsolicited content from our customers because they're so amazing. They they send us so much uh, content. And some of it is. Un, like, and it's beautiful. And it's, it's out of the kindness of their own hearts. It's, 
that makes us feel so, so good. So most of yeah. it is like really great photography. And I'm always amazed. Like we have some like photographers that actually <laughs> love us and take photos and send it to us. But one, but most of the time it's um, cat customers that send blurry photos where I'm like, I can't use this, but cats, I'll share yeah. it. <laughs> blurry photos because cats move so fast. Or, oh my God. Know, I'll send you some really good pictures of my cat eating your rabbit food. Yeah. So oh, no we don't, problem. Yeah, we don't have the, the most followers followers in our in our category or anything but we have I think we have the best customers by far the the whoever does follow us are genuine and and authentic just like us and that makes me feel good it kind of breaks my heart I have a customer who's so amazing she gives me so much content just like all the time because she's so excited about our food and we've developed a relationship and like especially during the pandemic and she'll ask questions and she'll like tell other friends of hers about us and she sends me the most thoughtful gifts like for me and my child and my and our pets and it's like it feels like old small batch it's it feels like it we're feels, in that community you know where we yeah it makes you feel connected connected again yeah we're friends now and she's still a customer but we we feel like friends and it's really special yeah and it's it's still not hard to get on the phone with diana or michael or i i mean and that's mm-hmm. I, I was having a conversation with a customer the other day and I, we had such a great conversation. They were like, I can't believe, you know, you call, you're the owner and you called me. And I, mm-hmm. I said, well, I, I love this because I used to know every single person that fed my food. And as you grow, you get less, you're less connected. Yes. And yeah. to have those conversation connects you back to, you know, it brings you back and together. And so it's really it, nice. It really it's funny because you guys sound like you're, still a small company but you're not you're in psp you are not you have definitely scaled hello michael thank you but no. you have definitely scaled and yeah. but you still treat your customers and you make your product like a small company and it really well, stands out small yeah. batch is truly for community and for everything that we want as um people that are looking for quality and uh connection yeah, yeah. You, you have kept that so thank you both yeah. so much we, yeah so thank you well, yeah. No, thank you and to thank i mean everyone involved because it's we're all in it together and i think that's one of the things that um is easy to forget that we're all like in this together and we all affect each other from like who we're purchasing from the farmers, the ranchers, the 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 companies that make our food, um, our employees, the store owners, the distributors, the customers, the pets. Like we're all connected together, and our actions all affect, you know, one another. And and we and I think we still try to just be present. And yeah. you know, kind of like when I said when we ended up in that facility, how do we keep the small and small batch in this giant facility? And um, that's that's always the goal how to we, i think we 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 even though we may be bigger than we ever ever thought we would be we're still small in our in our ways in our by design you know we we and in our worlds yeah i yeah. mean there's there some things that uh, you know when i t- talk to people or some of our staff they're like you still do that why are you still doing that you yeah. know and it's just because it's and I think I think some people ask us too. Why are you not as big as you know Stella's or you know and and what what she did with that company is amazing. We've always been very cautious of how scalable is our model. 
-hmm. and we only take on what we can you know we, it's it's always by it's it's usually a conversation between, it's what keeps him up at night yeah it does and it's always a conversation between michael and i and he says can we do this can we do it the small batch way and it's it's very it's that simple and i say yeah we, we can do can. it and sometimes we can't do it at the time he asks me and sometimes we probably missed opportunities because we couldn't do it because we didn't have the the, the sourcing or we couldn't get those ingredients and and keep true to our ethos but then you know we we're able to uh we're able to do it down the road and we're able to do it our way and feel good about it yeah. and that's that's the small batch way yeah.